Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring the Donovan Frito Show. Yes! Oh, it is. It is! The Donovan Frito Show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio. Alex Dono alongside Josh Friedman with you for the next two hours, taking you up until 2 o'clock today on Slam. Huge thank you to everyone listening on Sirius XM Channel 145. And another huge thank you to anyone watching us streaming live you get to see our beautiful faces here it's a beautiful thing to behold and i gotta say frito it's been a couple weeks you're uh you seem to have and you're probably using the same webcam as last time but i made fun of you last time because it looked like the original like jim levenstein american pie webcam the quality looks a lot better today it's less grainy maybe there's less sunlight in the background whatever you have going on it's on point today the, the, the light, I, w- I was told it's better if the light is in front of you rather than behind you. So I did that and uh, uh, and Shane. So, but actually, we're, we're going to have a new computer in the house hopefully in the next couple of weeks. So I'll be using that. All right. Good for you, man. Now, I, I feel like a lot of what we're going to discuss on today's show is right in the Frito wheelhouse, so to speak, <laughs> if, if I can use that pun, because you are you are the baseball guy on the show and there have been a couple of baseball stories since we were last on that have really piqued my interest because I'm not nearly the baseball fan you are. And one thing I find interesting about you, Frito, is even though you're an old school baseball purist in some ways, you're not a big unwritten rule guy, right? Oh. Like you're, you're not the type who's going to say no bad flips, no showboating. Like you're not big on that stuff, are you? No, not at all. And you're right. That's that's a bit of a, an unusual thing because I am, you know, my age, 58. You'd think I was old school. Um, I've come around to some things, if, you know, for years. And we'll get to the unru- unwritten rules in a second. But for years, I was the guy who said, no, no, no designated hitter in the National League. No, I like the pitcher batting. And I've completely gone uh, the other way now. I, there is a DH in the National League this year with all the yeah. rules changes that are going on. And I like it. I never want to see a pitcher bat in the National League again, and both leagues should have the same rule. I, You and I have had on our on our previous show a discussion about unwritten rules, and I can't stand them. I think they're silly. And yet, Alex, throughout the years, you know how many athletes I've, I've covered as a reporter, and it's not unanimous, but in large part. Um, now, this was a few years ago, and there's been more young blood injected into the game, and younger people think differently than, than say, older players. But a lot of the players then – supported unwritten rules and thought I was just out of my mind. You know, for instance, I'll tell you one that, that got people uh, going, got athletes going, was if there's a no-hitter and you break it up with a bunt. You know, oh, let's, let's say there's I, I, was, sh- I, I wasn't even aware of that one. Wow. Well, let's, let's say there's a shift on. Let's say, <laughs> you know, the Cubs, Anthony Rizzo, he's from down here, he's from Parkland, and there's nobody on base and there's a no there's a no-hitter going. And they shift to the right side. So there's only one fielder on the left side of uh, second base. And if he were to bunt, and I don't think he would, but if he were to bunt to break up the no-hitter and, and reach base, uh, the old school guys would, would just go apoplectic. they go crazy. <laughs> That's no way to break up a no-hitter. The lone exception is if it's a speed guy, if it's a guy who's just, you know, steals 50 bases a year and, you know, lives on the base paths with stolen bases, Um you know, then it's okay to get on base because that's one of his weapons is getting on base via the butt. That's okay. Can you hear my dog barking in the background? 
Yeah, I, I can hear Wrigley is going a little ham over there, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's too bad. We, we we'll we get give to him try a couple to... of minutes. He might settle down. Yeah, we'll um, give him a couple he's, minutes. He's barking because he hears the baseball conversation. His name is Wrigley. <laughs> um, but you know, you know, one of the things, and we're going to get to the Fernando Tatis and all that, is I, I I don't mind. For one, I don't mind the unwritten rules, and two. You know, in the past, you couldn't show emotion. Sometimes players would get mad if a guy has a big strikeout. A pitcher gets a big strikeout right. and he fist pumps. And some players get upset at that. I don't. You know what? If you don't like it, then don't strike out. Right. I, 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 the, one of the reasons I love <clears throat> covering the World Baseball Classic is because players weren't representing their teams. They were representing you know, in, in in baseball. They were representing their countries, and it uh-huh. it made the rules different. And the players from Latin countries. In those leagues, in those countries, they're they're much freer to show emotion and go crazy. And I don't, I like that. They do, do something good in baseball. And well, let's stick to baseball for just a second. If you do something good, show emotion. That's fine. You just accomplish something great. I have no problem with it. You don't want me to bat flip? Don't serve me a gopher ball. Yeah. So okay, l- let's segue to the Fernando Tatis Jr. situation. And, and again, like Frito, baseball to me. And I want to talk about some of the other unwritten rules in other sports, but baseball's the king of it. Like when it comes to unwritten rules, baseball has unwritten rules I had never even heard about. And when it came to the idea of Fernando Tatis breaking a, a quote-unquote unwritten rule just by swinging on a three-zero pitch when his team had the seven-nothing lead, that in that some way being disrespectful, that when the aftermath of what he did. Uh, came forward that was honestly the first I had ever heard of that even being an unwritten rule that he broke and you know the the Rangers manager was critical of it am I am I correct in saying that even the Padres manager said he didn't like it It, it, so what was your take on all that the Chris Chris Woodward the Rangers manager did say yes he was critical of it but then he said I have to admit times are changing so Mm. you know think my my opinion you know things maybe have to change um, I had no problem with it. You know what? I mean, they had one. I can't remember. It was a six-run lead, I think, in the eighth inning or something like seven that. Run. It was a seven-run seven run lead, lead, I believe. Okay. So it was a seven-run lead in the eighth inning. I've seen – look, they're they're rare, but I've seen big leads dissipate, okay? I remember the Cubs trailed the Astros once 9 nothing and won the game. I went to a game as a kid. The Cubs were up 13-2 in the sixth inning against the Phillies and lost the game, okay? Wow. Big, big leads can dissipate. I mean, in football, yeah. you know, it was a – you know, the, the was the, the Music City Miracle and all that. They went like mm-hmm. 32 to 3 and they lost the game. Well, th- uh, think about the, the Falcons dropping that Super Bowl yeah, lead to 20, the Patriots a few years 20 back. 28 to 3. You know, yep. what, are the Patriots, are the, are the Falcons not supposed to, to, to score and kick a field goal when they have a chance to go for it on fourth down because they have a big lead? Well, look at that 25 point lead. Look what happened to that. So, one, big leads can dissipate. And I don't think that, uh, you know, if, if you don't want uh, Fernando Tatis Jr to swing at a 3-0 pitch. One, don't get him in a 3-0 count. And two, don't throw him in a ball that's over the plate. I've seen that pitch again and again and again. It was right. over the plate. <clears throat> and and he hit it over the fence in right field. I have no problem with that whatsoever. None. And if you have a problem with it, well, then stop him. Okay, just stop him. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I can't I can't even tell you how I'm with you 1,000%. Like, it, it's so ridiculous to hear anyone whining and complaining about a guy having the audacity to hit a grand slam like what, what are you what are you talking about man so uh I, and and you know the funny thing about this Frito is that 
Uh, I think we're coming to find out, and this shouldn't surprise too many people, that I would say the majority of sports fans, I don't know if it's the vast majority or just a small majority, but the majority of sports fans look at this the same way you do and I do, that we're kind of getting sick of some of these unwritten rules. And something I've really noticed, now I, I, I was certainly aware of Fernando Tatis Jr. before this came up, but I didn't know a whole lot about the guy. And a lot of people like me are becoming fans of his. Like I, I start to root for the guy when he's at the plate because he's now become a folk hero for standing up against unwritten rules. Oh, I did. You know, I, I tell you, I'm Asian because I covered his father. That's what's wow. Really you weird. covered senior. I covered senior. Um, <laughs> no, and, and, and first of all, he's a great guy to be a fan of. This guy is just an absolute stud. He's I mean, he's 20 or 21 years old, and look what he's doing. He's just an absolute um, one of the great injections of young talent in baseball that you just have to watch i mean these guys are like two years out of high school and they're just they're setting major leagues on fire wow uh yeah no and and and, and it's great to be a fan of these guys and you're gonna see more of this i think as you're look there's always there's always been a huge latin presence in baseball and like i say in latin countries they're much more demonstrative and i'm glad for it when they do something well in baseball big strikeout a big hit Whatever the case may be, they get a, a double that puts their team ahead four to three in the eighth inning. If the guy's on second base and he's fist pumping, that's great. That's fine. That's uh, I have no problem with that. And as you see more younger players, and that's this, you can say this about any time in baseball, there's young talent that comes into the game. Older talent is retired uh, and, and, and is, is out of the game. Uh, and you're going to see more and more um, players do something like this because it's accepted. Now, there are going to be exceptions. You know, you, you, you throw, you know, it was after Tatis did this and, um, and the Padre, it was the Padres that, or no, I'm sorry, they're the Rangers uh, threw him back of a head of a guy because they got real ticked off. And then, and Chris Woodward, the manager has been suspended for a game. He probably already served with managers, by the way, here's a little tidbit in baseball. Players can appeal suspensions. Managers cannot. You're suspended really? a game. You're sitting home that night. Huh. Um, so enjoy your beer. Uh, players, yeah, the pitcher was suspended a few games. I mean, he's probably going to uh, uh, appeal that. So you're going to see retaliation, but I think you're going to see less of it um, as more and more young talent gets into the game. Elsewhere in the baseball world, and, and this is pretty far out of left field. Oh, I did it again. But something, Frito, that you know, you and I, as broadcasters, we anyone who broadcasts, whether you're broadcasting a game, doing a talk show. You know, we often do remote broadcasts. Like, for example, you and I, as people can see, if they're watching the the stream, the video stream, I'm in my home, you're in your home. You know, we got Frank and Brianna back in the studios connecting us. When we go to commercial break, we have to assume, hey, I probably shouldn't say anything, you know, vulgar, anything controversial, because there, there there's a chance someone could make a mistake and our mics could be live, right? And you would think, and, and this is, uh, we're, we're going to get into, you know, what he actually said. Uh, I won't repeat it directly, but this is a lesson that Tom Brenneman, longtime play-by-play man, Cincinnati Reds play-by-play guy, learned the hard way this week. So he didn't realize his mic was on right when they were coming back from a commercial break. And he dropped a very loud and clear anti-gay slur. And then right after that, you know, it reintroduced uh, the broadcast coming back from commercial. So he clearly had no idea that his mic was hot at that moment. Uh, and then later on, Frito, as we watched today, or as I watched today, you may have seen this uh, yesterday, but he issued uh, an on-air live, seem, seemed to be off the cuff, 
you know, apology. And then actually, this was during the fifth inning. He stepped out and let a replacement broadcaster continue. He's been suspended. Uh, and, and Mr. Brenneman is, I think, rightfully uh, unsure if he'll ever broadcast another Reds game again. No, yeah. He was, <clears throat> excuse me, he was, uh, he was pulled from the air. And uh, it was about a minute-long apology. It was kind of weird. It was, it was sincere. I really believe it was sincere. Yeah. And it's like, and it was a weird but, apology because he was like still calling the game and then going right, back and, to the apology. Yeah, and right in the middle of the, of, the, of the apology, and he look, you know, he sees, of course, the action is still in front of him or behind him, and he sees, and he goes, you know, he's going apology, apology, apology. I'm really sorry. There's Nick Castellanos, and he hits a home run, and he goes right back to his apology. You know, just to get the the game. Look, it, it, he was talking about uh, homosexuals, and he used a three letter word beginning with F. You can you can figure out what that word is. He was talking about some location. And he said, oh, that's the F capital of the world. And, you you know, not knowing, as you say, his mic was hot. And I think yeah. we as broadcasters have to always assume, uh, you know, that it's on. Um, and he got caught. And um, he, he said, as you as you pointed out um, in his apology, which I've seen, uh, I don't know if I'm going to put the headset on again. Um, whether he's going to be fired remains to be seen. Uh, usually these things are like uh, – you know, a tsunami, they just keep gaining strength. And, and, uh, and if something's going to happen, I think it's going to happen very soon. As we speak, he's been suspended indefinitely. Um, whether he's going to be fired, I don't know. Um, you know, it, it, and it's up to each individual to decide, uh, you know, should he be fired for this? Is this a fireable offense? Should this wreck? I mean, he's 56 years old. He's broadcast Major League Baseball. Think about this for 33 years since he was 23 years old. You know, should should 33 years be blown away because of, um, you know, one really bad slur? Or do you yeah. give a guy, you know, a suspension? I'm sure it's without pay. And uh, you, you can be darn sure he'd never say something like this again. And if, if they yeah. interview know him and say, look, this isn't who this guy is, you know, and I'm not excusing what he did. But how many times, Dono, can all of us, every one of us, all you, me, Frank, Rihanna, every listener, you say something and you wish like a cartoon character, you could just pull those words right back in your mouth mm -hmm. and not say them. We've Every conversation I've ever had with my wife, I say something stupid. It's yeah, right. So. Everybody's guilty of that, of saying something that, boy, you regret and you, or you regret. It's just with, you know, when you're a broadcaster, those go out over the airways or via a hot mic and they're caught and they're there forever. Yeah, and you mentioned, uh, and I think you used a good word for it, like the tsunami uh, of outrage that's going to, to accumulate here it could come in the form of you know a lot of, of of emails and and calls from viewers who are you know rightfully offended by it would that then avalanche into advertisers threatening to pull out if, if his job isn't taken from this now I think you and I have similar views on the situation Frito in that personally I'm not a big fan of cancel culture now there are probably some human beings who deserve to be canceled I just don't know for sure yet if Tom Brenneman is one of those people. Like I, I would like, and, and I think the, the apology that he made live on the air was a very good first step. I think he needs to continue. I think he needs to show that he's going to go through some kind of sensitivity training, maybe do some work in the community to better understand the, the gay and lesbian community. I think he needs to step up and like show even more contrition here. I, I think there is a road back for him. And and if uh, and if he continues to be sincere and work through this uh, at the end of the day, I, uh, if he takes the right steps, I do not believe he should be fired. And and this is no way a defense uh, of what he said on the air, because it's indefensible and it's really shocking 
that he would feel comfortable enough uh, even if he doesn't think he's on the air to talk like that, you know, in front of coworkers, because people are listening through the headsets. Like it's a little bit shocking that he just talks like that apparently throughout his casual life. Uh, but again, I'm not going to judge a human being based on, on one terrible mistake. And I'm certainly not going to say that you throw away a 33 year old broadcasting career over, uh, you know, for a 57 year old, but been in the booth for 33 years. I'm not saying you throw that away over one comment. So Long and the short of it is, I think there is a road back for him. And I don't think he should just be universally canceled and people don't give him a chance because that's one of the things that can upset me about cancel culture is not even caring to give someone a chance to learn, right? Because, you know, my feelings on a lot of issues have, you know, evolved over the last 20, 25 years of my life. And I hope people wouldn't judge me off of, you know, ways that I, I may have looked at the world when I was, uh, you know, an 18, 19 year old kid. I know that Brenneman said what he said this week, not 18, 19 years ago, but I do think he can learn from this. And we have a lot more to come. We got to hit a break, Frito, but the Dono and Frito show continues till two o'clock here on Sirius XM Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Setting up the defense for Derek Jeter's dating diamond, in left field, Mariah Carey. The center fielder, Jessica Alba. In right field, Jessica Beal. In the infield at shortstop, Scarlett Johansson. At third base, Vanessa Manillo. I think I said that wrong. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. 
So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs, in order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, you know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, we tried to keep our language acceptable during the break just in case you know, the mics might have been on by accident. But I, I don't think Brianna would ever allow that. I think she's doing way too good of a job back there. Alex Dono and Josh Friedman with you. The Dono and Frito Show until 2 o'clock here on Sirius XM Slam Radio. Now, you know, Frito, it, it, was, uh, it was my fault we didn't have a show last week. But that means you had an extra week to do your homework assignment. Oh, come on. Come on. I see you shaking your head. Don't tell me you made no progress on curb your enthusiasm. I, oh. I, I meant to tell you before the show, don't ask me about the homework. Oh, I, well, me, listen, if, 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 you had, if you had told me that, that would guarantee I asked you about it. Let me ask you about a show that I've, I've heard about for, for a long time now, but I've never watched it. Tell me if it's watchworthy, because I've heard very good things about it. Ozark. Yeah, it's very good. Um, it's it's a similar show to Breaking Bad. Bad, okay. Now, about personally, money in the Ozarks, right? I mean, yeah. uh, a Chicago drug dealer or something goes to the Ozarks and has to wander yeah. money. Or yeah. Now, Ozark is not finished, so uh, so I don't know. Like, uh, it, it's the show's been great. I think they've done three seasons. It's fantastic. So I would assume that they're going to do a good job ending it. I don't know how much longer it's going to go. Uh, but personally, uh, it's similar to Breaking Bad. Per, uh, Ozark is excellent. I think Breaking Bad's a little bit better. So you may want to watch that before you watch Ozark, especially since Breaking Bad is done. So you can get through the whole thing. Like you can see the start and ending and then maybe start Ozark after that, because I think at some point within the next year and a half, the next season's going to come out. It's I'm guessing shooting's going to be probably delayed or was delayed by the pandemic. So I don't know how long it's going to be until they put out another Ozark season, but it's, it's probably going to be like at least another two, three years before that show's finished. So you may want to start binging it later. Then you can, you know, finish it once the show finishes. Well, and I, I, I should know this, right? You've seen the Sopranos, right? Yes. Love it. And, okay. and I've been thinking about rewatching it because I've watched it all the way through twice. Okay. But the last time I watched it all the way through probably around 2009, 2010. So it's been a long time. Well, there's they have a, a podcast and broadcast on zoom as well so i actually there are two guys into it steve sharippa who's on our show playing bobby bacala and michael imperioli they're doing this podcast remotely they do one a week and they go through every episode in chronological order one at a time sometimes they have guests for your know, cast members of the show and things like that other times they don't but they go through every show 
scene by scene and oh, talk about the so scenes good. and talk about the behind the scenes stuff that you know we don't know about that we didn't hear about and tell great stories about the cast and everything like that and it's it's fantastic and they're on episode like 20 now or 21 so there's there are 86 episodes there's a long way to go and you know these these podcasts last about oh an hour and 45 minutes maybe two hours and they're released sunday night going into monday at midnight so oh, cool you know, sometimes uh, like you know after midnight on that I, I i don't usually watch them all in its entirety and so i'll get a few minutes here and a few minutes there and it's just it's for sopranos fans it's calling or sopranos fans it's called talking sopranos and it's absolutely incredible it's just it's great reminiscing stuff and you hear things that you just didn't uh you know know before about the cast members or about the themes and you know, like I always heard something about uh, James Gandolfini, who they have great things to say about. They said, you know, he could be a tough guy and all that, but he was mm. a heart of gold. But somehow the this, this subject of Seinfeld came up, and both Sharippa and, and Michael Imperioli, by the way, he's the one who played Christopher Moltisanti. And um, and both are big Seinfeld fans. They, and and, Malt, and uh, Michael Imperioli said Gandolfini hated Seinfeld. Not the guy. Oh. No. <laughs> And didn't understand the breakfast cereal thing and, oh, and all the other man. stuff. He said he just hated that show. You know, just a little <laughs> fun things. Um, Robert Eiler, who played the son, AJ, and he's very open about this. I'm not revealing anything. I wouldn't be privy to inside information. Uh, had a long time drinking and drug problem. You know, uh, this guy and just you'd think, uh, you know, young guy like that. Um, but they're telling great stories about Tony Sirico, who played Paulie Walnuts. You know, you get too close to him, he didn't like it. Your breath, he had a little thing of Banaka, and he'd spray it all over you. Or, Tony or Sirico, sorry to interrupt you, but Tony Sirico was like an actual ex-con. Yes, right? Like yes. Tony Sirico was an actual connected mob guy who had what? done time before. So you talk about making that show authentic. <laughs> like Tony Sirico was really living that life. Well, it's interesting. He was cast as Paulie Walnuts. Here's a, a story. He was arrested, I think I read, 28 times, His and he's been in prison. His wow. biggest stint was for armed robbery, and he spent four years in prison in the early 70s and has been clean ever since then. Uh, but because he was a, uh, you know, a, a criminal, when he signed on as Paulie Walnuts and he had this put in his contract, you know, there are, there are a lot of guys that turned and were rats in the show and were killed off. And yeah. he had it written in his contract. He could never be a rat. He wow, didn't want awesome. because he was from that life. And that's <laughs> probably the most abhorrent thing to him. So he could, they could, the, the writers could never write him as a rat, a turncoat, a guy that turned them in. That I did not know. That's great. I, I love the fact that like Tony Sirico takes that life so seriously that he didn't even want to, in a TV show, depict a rat. Like, no. oh, that, that is fantastic. What a detail. Oh. It's like, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but supposedly this might be an urban legend, but it's like of similar vein to that. Um, now, and this is actually like as a career move, this is kind of smart because like they, they've done studies like psychologically on audiences of movies and TV shows. If you're if you're like an actor, like you're kind of a tough guy in movies and TV shows, but you get beaten up a lot and you lose a lot of fights, then that's going to resonate with the audience that no matter what movie they're in, you're in, they're going to remember you as a guy that got your ass kicked, like in the last movie you were in supposedly. And I haven't even seen all the fast and furious movies because they've made like 50 of them and just enough is enough. But supposedly as the urban legend goes, Vin Diesel has a clause in every contract he site, he, he signs that he cannot lose a fight. Really? Uh, unless uh, unless there's like 
unless there's some kind of like shenanigans, like maybe he gets ganged up on, like, like maybe, you know, somebody double crosses him and shoots him or something, but he like cannot lose a one-on-one fight. It's in his contract. And it sounds incredibly vain and ridiculous, but if true, it's kind of smart because, you know, people are always going to look at Vin Diesel like, oh, that is a legitimate certified badass because he never loses a fight in a movie. That's that's kind of weird. Yeah, it is very vain. Yeah. That, that's, I've never heard of that. I would think that, well, I, you know, I'll bet if a great strip comes along, which calls for his character to get beat up, but boy, it's, you know, it's too good a show to, too good a movie to p- turn down. He'd probably yeah. change that. Well, I mean, um, but he, he does a lot of trash movies, though, Frito. He's doing, like, Fast and Furious 25, 26. Like, who cares if he if he wins every fight? Like, you know, people, are, people are seeing those for the special effects anyway. Yeah, well, you know, if he's doing all these movies, but even if they're not, they're good, as long as the check clears, right? Uh, exactly. Um, <laughs> here's another thing. Not if you remember the, the character in Sopranos named Hesh. He was a Jewish mobster yes. that was connected with these guys. Played by, an, you know, an older actor named Jerry Adler. Um and he was really good, very good in that role. I had perfectly cast. But one of the episodes, they had the casting directors on, and they were telling all these stories about who tried out for what. And they, <clears throat> you know who they had cast in that role, but or they'd offered it to, and the guy couldn't do it. He had something else going on. This is connected to Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Is Jerry Stiller, who played oh, wow. Seinfeld, was offered the role of Hesh and had to turn it down. And they needed someone like in two days. So they hired Jerry Adler and and he got the part. But can you imagine? And if he had, um, oh no, Seinfeld was off the air by then, I think. Maybe, I'm not sure it was or not. But yeah, it was. I think Sopranos started in like 99 and Seinfeld well, finished in like 98, I think. Okay. But I just, I can't picture him. You know, you you read about some people that were offered roles and, and didn't get it. And you just, you yeah. can't picture these people in that role. Well, because every yeah, every time Hesh was on screen, I'd be thinking Serenity now. Like, yeah, like I would not. You're yeah. right about that. I would not be able to take Jerry Stiller seriously. Who knows? Like that might have been one of the greatest what ifs. Like maybe we've just never seen Jerry Stiller's range, right? Because maybe we're only thinking of Frank Costanza. He was also I don't know if you ever watched the show King of Queens, but he mm-hmm. played uh, he played uh, Carrie's father in right. that Arthur Spooner, which was kind of the same character as as George's as, father. Uh, as George's father so like Jerry Stiller had basically been typecast right for his sitcom career imagine if he had been in the Sopranos and just would have blown us away because like I I never thought Heath Ledger would have been a good joker and he ended up uh taking the part so seriously it like ruined his life and he and he and he killed himself because he took the darkness of that part so seriously but maybe Jerry Stiller would have been an amazing mobster I don't know you know and and, I, I like when they cast people like against type, but there's there an older actor. I don't even know Wilford Brimley, who just passed away like two weeks ago. The, yeah, you know, I, I know, I know him as the as the diabetes guy. Yeah, and That's did what I know uh, him as. Did the Natural and did Quaker Oats commercials. This is you know yeah. this this old, elderly or you know good guy, if you will. And yet, if anybody watches The Firm, he played a lawyer of, of connected to the mob, who was a real sob. I mean, just the guy was a complete badass. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure when his name came up, like, what do you mean, the diabetes guy? You want him to play this badass mob guy? Yeah, well, yeah. And he was great in it. He was absolutely great. So. Oh, man, that, that's that's really, really cool. Yeah, so you know what? Um, I, I know eventually Frito's going to do his homework. I think maybe the next uh, – I'm, I'm, I'm working on finishing one show now. I've got like a half a season left. 
And then I think I'm going to start rewatching The Sopranos because what you described, listening to that podcast, oh, that sounds like a good time. Like I'll, I'll watch a couple, I'll watch a couple of of, uh, of Sopranos episodes during the day, then maybe at night because a lot of times I'll listen to podcasts before I go to bed because Frito, I've decided it's the year 2020. I'm tired of pretending to be literate. Like I used to read books, like uh, like and I I would download to the e-reader, but I used to read like books on the e-reader before bed. I've decided I'm so lazy. I'm just going to listen to podcasts now before bed instead of reading books. So I'm going to start listening to that. What's the name of that podcast? Well, you can you can go on YouTube and you'll see the video of it. Also, mm-hmm. it's called okay. Talking Sopranos with Michael Imperioli and Steve Schrip. But here's a great story. Like in the pilot, in the pilot episode, Michael Imperioli's character Christopher Maltesanti is driving Tony Soprano, and they see a guy that owes again us to Tony Soprano money. And so they back up, and then they, they they see him on the side street. They chase him through this this area, and Michael Imperioli he didn't tell the producers this. You know, he was supposed to do this. Well, this was the pilot, which was filmed in '97. Once it was picked up, they started the show back in '99, so it was a long gap there. But you know, no one knew if this could be picked up or not. But they filmed the pilot. He was 31 at the time. And he's raised in New York. He didn't have a driver's license. He didn't know how to drive. Oh, my God. And so he backs this Lexus up <laughs> and crashes it into a tree. Oh, no. And the prop master was just this woman who he's now friends with, but went ape, you know what, just went apoplectic, went crazy. Oh. And he's like, do I tell them now? Because they want me to do it again. Oh, And he's no. like, oh, my God. And he finally got it right. But can you imagine not? You can't tell anybody you don't have a driver's license. Oh yeah. Back up the car and do it quickly. And I mean, and, and that was, that was a great story. I mean, no, he said, nobody knew. And by the time we shot the, the regular thing, yes, I'd got my driver's license. He's one of like, he's probably just too embarrassed to tell anybody, right? Like it's one of those things where like, Oh, I, I can't let these well, people know it, that, uh, that I can't drive. No. If you try out for a part, can you do this? Of course. Have you done yeah, this? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Exactly. I know. Are you crazy? Of course I've done that. Yeah. Yeah, learn, learn later. Like, lie, lie now, figure it out later. Exactly. Is the way that you do that. Exactly. Oh, my God. So good. So, uh, so you it's, it's a it, terrific one. Go to YouTube. Just type in Talking Sopranos, and you and you can see all their episodes. I'm going to. Yeah, and I'm going to start uh, I'm gonna start rewatching it again, too, because it's been 10 years since I watched the show. And I, I remember a lot of things, but I think I would appreciate the Talking Sopranos more if I had the episodes they're talking about fresh in my mind. So I'm going to start watching it. So that's going to be my homework over the next week is going to restart the Sopranos. So we're going to have uh, an interesting one o'clock hour coming up because uh, you know the Miami heat are taking on the Pacers at 1 PM for game two in the NBA playoffs. And so I'm going to be free to, I'm going to be watching like one screen, the heat game, watching your beautiful face on the other screen <laughs> and I, uh, and try not to get too wrapped up with what's going on. But you know, it, it's a series the Heat should win. Uh, they've started off on the right foot. Um, I, I guess the bigger shockers around the league were Orlando taking game one from the Milwaukee Bucks and even Portland taking game one from the Lakers. Now, I know Portland, the super hot, trendy team coming in because Damian Lillard was the MVP, I think, of the seeding games, or at least the remaining regular season games in the bubble, whatever you want to call it, dropped 61 points in a game, was dropping like 45, 50, 60, and he had, I think, 41 points in game one against the Lakers. But I, I think maybe we overestimated the Lakers heading into these playoffs. And I don't know, maybe it was a little bit fluky because, you know, uh, Portland was really keying in on LeBron and Anthony Davis, as you would expect and essentially saying we're not going to let your superstars beat us we're going to let everybody else beat us 
and nobody was un, nobody was knocking down uncontested shots. So it's like maybe we overestimated the supporting cast and the overall team that the Lakers bring to the table, or maybe not being able to knock down open shots was a fluke that they're going to fix in game two. We'll talk a, a little bit more about that. We'll talk about some NBA stuff, some life stuff. When we continue, we'll wrap up the 12 o'clock hour next here on Dono and Frito. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Hold down. Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do all would, of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? He's not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last up. one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? Hang up on us. Just tell me, no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. Because I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. He platanos. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. 
you, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is Melvin Gordon, and you're listening to Slam Radio. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Donovan Frito Show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio Channel 145. Also streaming live video, audio, all that good stuff. You know, if I if I seem a little less perky today, Frito, I've only had one coffee. Usually by the time we hit the air at noon, oh, and Frito is chugging that big cup. I love that. I've only had one espresso so far today. Usually by the time we hit the air at noon, I've had two, maybe even three by that point. So caffeine addict like me, I'm still struggling a little bit. I'm not an espresso fan. I just don't like it. It's a little too strong. Now, when we were at work, you know, you'd see somebody... I remember we had a guy named Ramsey, one of the salespeople, and he would always make Cuban coffee. He'd go around with those little cups God and bless pour him. you a shot. Have you ever had – and I like I like Cuban coffee. I do. And I drink those cups. I'd be like, oh, here, give me a – oh, I thank you for the Cuban coffee. Great. <laughs> but I never drank anything bigger than those tiny cups. Have you ever drank a big cup I have. of Cuban coffee? Are you, like, bouncing off the walls after that? Um. I think people oversell it a little bit. I'll tell you what really, when you drink the entire colada, cause like the big cup is the colada. And then you okay. pour like, like people like, Oh, an entire office will, will pour like the 12 little shots. I am such a caffeine addict Frito that I can drink the entire big cup. I can drink the colada. Um, it, it does like, it doesn't make my heart race or anything, but sometimes, <laughs> but, but I think even more than the caffeine is that Cuban coffee ton of sugar in it okay right like a ton of sugar because when you have coffee that strong it's nice to have a lot of sugar to kind of you balance out the bitterness with the sweetness and it, and it tastes delicious but uh it's not so much the caffeine that gets you when you drink the entire colada it's you get like the, the i don't know if it's an insulin spike or whatever you call it but you get like the sugar rush and then when you have a massive sugar rush you get the crash afterwards and so you're gonna be for a few hours, you're going to be bouncing off the walls. If you have like the afternoon colada, pick me up at like two, three o'clock by like seven, eight o'clock. Like you feel like you're, you're coming down from something and it's, it's not the most comfortable feeling. Yeah. My wife said she had Cuban coffee at work the other day and, and cause she went into work tired, didn't go out of sleep and got it. And she said I was wired. And then the crash happened. Yeah. The, it's you the know? crash. The crash yeah. is what gets you. And I don't think the crash the crash is not coming off the caffeine. The crash is coming off the sugar is where that comes yeah. from. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I so I, I wanted up. to uh, – oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, I just want to wrap up this this Tom Brenneman thing. Um, he's the number two – I think the number two broadcaster on Fox. He is because when, when Joe Buck does the World Series in the fall, Brenneman moves into the number one slot. And uh, I look, this is all new, his, 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 his slur last night. Um, and – but you know that behind closed doors, Fox is, is saying, what do we do? What, you know, what do we do here? Do we, do we take him off and, and really, uh, you know, shuffle chairs on, on, in, with our broadcast team? I don't know what they're going to do. Do they suspend him a game? Uh, Fox is going to have to come out with a statement at least, and then whether they react to that, I don't know. And you and I were also talking about people that have redeemed themselves. You know, we're down here in Miami, 
Dan Levitar show was national, but you know, for a long time it was it was a local show. And he had Tim Hardaway on and former Miami Heat player, of course. And um and Hardaway was very it's a very strong homophobic statements, you know, and saying yep. I don't even want him in the country and things like that. And it was just, I mean, it garnered this. Is I, I mean, Frito, he he went as far as to say, and it was a long quote that he had, but he Tim Hardaway went as far as to say, quote, I hate gay people. Unquote. Mm-hmm. Like he actually, like among many other things, he actually said that, like that was part of the rant that he went on. And I was listening to that live at the time. I, I was interning at the station. I wasn't in the studio when that happened, but I was listening to it in the car live, and like my jaw just dropped. I'm like, "Wow, I cannot believe what Tim Hardaway is saying right now." And whatever jobs he had, I think he I, was he associated with the Heat then. I can't remember. But, I'm not sure. It, you know, he lost a lot, but over the year, you know, he took I think sensitivity training. He did everything that someone should do in that situation, and. um and it took a while, but he's back. I mean, he, he's is he an assistant coach now in the NBA? Um, I mean, he redeemed himself, if you will. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but he recovered from he some did. really bad statements. You know, I if this is not who Tom uh, t- uh, Tom Brenneman is, you know, I hope the same thing happens to him. That you know, do we fire a guy who's never said anything wrong like that? at all and then said one statement you, you have to put this in the context what did he say and all that but um you know i i, I hope that one thing doesn't wreck a 33-year career but we'll see what happens here's uh this is just my prediction and if tom brenneman is listening i'm sure he hopes i'm right um i i, to, I think it's easier frito for tom brenneman to come back from this than it would be if he was one of the number one NFL guys and one of the household names, okay? And it's not to say that, like, broadcasting geeks don't know who Tom Brenneman is because I've been aware of the guy for a couple of decades, right? But I I don't know. If you're not, like, a really hardcore baseball fan or someone who really pays attention to who's broadcasting the games, if you're just a casual fan, you probably really only know the Al Michaels and the Joe Bucks of the world, people of that ilk. And, and I don't think that Tom Brenneman is that kind of a household name. Like, I, I think that if one of those other names that I mentioned had done something like this, there may be no road back because no one's going to forget it. Like, the association is always in your brain. But I think Tom Brenneman, again, he's still got to do the right things. Like, he still has to continue to show contrition. Like, he, you know, there, I'm sure people would like to see updates on, on him, like learning, sensitivity training, maybe another statement. Because, the, again, the apology is a great first step. And I just don't know if that's going to be enough for some people with the culture that we're living in. So he probably still has to do more. But I think the road back for Tom Brenneman is easier than it is for a Tim Hardaway type, right? Like someone that is a household name that everybody knows. And kind of as an aside on the Hardaway thing, because I was thinking about that when you were bringing it up. Like what, what year was that? That Hard- that was probably like 05, 04, somewhere around then when, when Hardaway right. said what he said. Um, how much worse would that have been in 2020 for a couple of reasons? Social media. There was no Twitter, no Facebook back then. So his comments would have been passed around a lot more if this had happened more recently. And also, um, I I think society has become more uh, intolerant of intolerance, for lack of a better phrase, than it was in 2005. So I I wonder if – because really bad like that was really bad back then 
And I think he's a good man and I think he's learned from it. So I'm glad that he's been able to come back and redeem himself from that. I just wonder if this had happened more recently, given the society we're living in, how much tougher it would have been for him to come back. You know, you're that. right. And I didn't think of that aspect, you know, how much different social media has made things and things go, you know, the phrase back then was going viral, even a phrase back then. And no. then now, and then now with Twitter, I mean, something can happen, you know, halfway around the world and we find out about it three seconds later, you know, um, I, you know, I remember, and this is, this is really going off, uh, off the beaten path here, but when Osama bin Laden was, when they raided the compound he was in, there were these Apache helicopters above there and some guy like, you know, half mile down the street put on Twitter, what's going on here? I see these helicopters above this. He's live tweeting. He didn't know what he was looking at. Nope. He like, yeah. He didn't know <laughs> bin Laden was there, but he's live tweeting about this. And I'm sure if anybody in the army, they, I don't think wouldn't follow this guy, but my point is, People are, if they saw that, like, oh, my God, what's going on? You know? So things can happen, um, you know, and 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 they they just, as you say, they become universal within seconds, within yeah. minutes. And that might have affected the, the, the way Hardaway was treated. Maybe he doesn't recover from that. Well, Tom Brennan is right in the middle of all social media, and you can go on the Internet, and you can hear what he said. You can see his apology. It's, it's readily available in countless number of places. And we'll just have to wait and see if, uh, you know, how the Reds react, how Fox reacts. Uh, we're yeah. not seeing a statement uh, by them, and uh, we'll see what what happens to Tom Brenneman's uh, career. By the way, if you go to uh, is Frank there? I wonder if Frank can get on the air. I, I'd like to embarrass him just a little bit. Uh, if Frank I don't know, is I think uh, he's probably running around the building. I know, okay. I know Brianna's back there keeping us on the air. I don't know where Frank is. Uh, we're gonna ask Frank and Brianna. You can't tell him we're gonna ask him this. We're gonna ask Frank a very simple question. We're talking about Tom Brenneman. Spell Brenneman's first name. You know that, that is a great question. I do. I do. Okay. And, and uh, cause I I've, I've seen it enough in print and you know what? Brianna, I'm don't thinking... Google it and give Tim Frank a heads up. Okay. You can't say it. You're sworn <laughs> to secrecy here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I I'm thinking, I'm guessing Frank probably knows because he's a big baseball fan. So I'm thinking he's probably read the story in print by now, but well, he, he, ago, he is kind of a dopey way to spell that name. Well, years ago when Frank was just a, you know, a little kid. Actually, Brennan was the Chicago Cubs play-by-play announcer I did for, for a while, for a couple seasons. His father just retired after Marty. Marty, after I don't know, thirty some or forty some years. I think forty-six years, maybe, with the Reds, a Hall of Fame broadcaster, and um, he issued a statement himself saying, you know, I know this, you know, basically saying that you know it's a terrible statement, but I think something like he said, like you know, this isn't who Tom is, et cetera, et cetera. Well, because Frito, that's an embarrassing thing for the parents, right? Like when, uh, when, when you're, when your kid, you know, gets in trouble for saying something like that, people are going to say, oh, well, I wonder how he was raised. Right. So it's always going to be a little bit embarrassing for the parents. Like you want to come out and make a statement and get out front of that to say, oh, I, I, I hope people don't think this is the language that was flying around in the house when he was growing up. You know, and with social media, you brought that up, you know, things can spread so quickly. I remember, um, there's a pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers named uh, Josh Hader, who throws, you know, 100 plus miles an hour. I mean, the guy just is a fireballer out of the bullpen. And he made the all-star game. I don't know if it was down here in 17 or perhaps in 18. I, I can't remember the exact year. And I mean, the game starts and there's a real good chance that he could get in the game. And someone who obviously had this in, you know, cooked up and just was keeping it on the side 
after the game started, someone retweeted some Josh Hader tweets from years ago, seven, eight years ago, that were homophobic. And they, they and it, it, it reached whoever, and he wasn't put in the game, I don't think. And he had to apologize afterwards. I mean, there's just, imagine if you were tweeted, if you tweeted something way back when, even if you deleted them, they're still out there. Somebody took a screen grab or somebody retweeted them. And, and to save it for the worst possible time. I mean, here's a guy, a guy making an all-star game for the first time. And, you know, he probably never thought about these things in years. And all of a sudden, guess what? They're out there. Yeah. You, you got to always use the, uh, whether it's true or not, you always have to say, I was hacked. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, uh, well, oh, 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 we just saw Frank. Frank, Frank, Frito's got a question for you. Bring Frank back over here. On the air. Can you hear us, Frank? There's Frank the Tank. Hi, Frank. You got out and meet yourself. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Um, Tom Brenneman. We've been talking about him. Yeah. Spell his first name. Say that. In, uh, say that name again. Tom Brenneman. He's a broadcast number two broadcaster for Fox in the NFL, and a Cincinnati Reds broadcaster who was suspended in the middle of a game last night because he said during a commercial. Yeah, I remember. I just did it. I just wasn't sure how to say. It. I didn't know what his first name was because we had been calling him Brenneman. So his na- first name is Tom. Yep. So I'm going to guess it's T-O-M, but uh, if you're asking me this question, it's because it's not T-O-M. <laughs> it's, it's T-H-O-M. That's how he spells it. I would have failed on a spelling bee, 100%. Spell no, yeah. I would have failed on a spelling bee. What kind of what kind of <laughs> funky stuff is that? Like, why couldn't you just be basic as parents and just do the T-O-M? They just wanted to be unique yeah. and different. That's why they threw well, that curveball at you. But Thomas is spelled T-H-O-M-A-S, or, you know, so, right. so, so maybe they but. You know, we, we figured you failed this, Frank. We just, you know, we, so we're going to embarrass I knew I was here. walking right into the trap when you're like, spell Tom. And I'm like, all right, it's not T-O-M, but I'm going to say T-O-M because I don't know what else I'm going to say. <laughs> I really thought he would get it. So I my, my, my faith in Frank was not uh, was not realized there. Uh, but well, that's what happens when you keep calling the guy by his last name. And I'm not even concerned right, with his right, first right. name, you know. <laughs> so, Frito, a couple of, uh, of years ago, when it comes to the whole thing about hacked, using your hacked tweet as a defense. All right. So... About a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, my Twitter account was actually hacked, right? I, I wake up one morning, I can't log into my email because what happened was the hacker, they hacked my my email address, which was associated with my Twitter account. So they hacked my email address, changed the password. They got They logged into my Twitter and changed the password so I couldn't log in. So my my Twitter account and my email address was at the mercy of a hacker at the end of the day, he didn't end up like tweeting anything offensive. That just wasn't, I guess, what he was trying to do. He was just trying to take my account and like use it with whatever, you know, uh, via- like bootleg Viagra or whatever he was trying to sell. So he wasn't like trying to tweet out nasty things to get me in trouble or anything like that. But, but the first thing that I did, Frito, when I woke up that morning and I realized my Twitter account had been hacked, um, I didn't know how long it was going to take me to regain control of it. It ended up taking me about 36 hours, 48 hours. It took a while because I had to send, you know, a whole notice to Twitter and and prove, verify that I'm the real guy. It was a whole thing. But one of the first things I did was I I, uh, I called up our boss at the time and I told him, like, just so you know, my Twitter account has been hacked. I'm telling you this now, right, when nothing's happened. But I'm telling you right now my Twitter is hacked. Because if, if anything goes viral and, and like my, my Twitter becomes unhinged and they're, you know, tweeting out slurs or whatever, just know it's not me. And I'm telling you beforehand, this is not me. And 
he, he was appreciative of that. And thankfully nothing, nothing like that came out of it, but I had to get on top of the situation because God forbid, uh, I don't tell anybody I was hacked and, and this happens. And then people aren't going to, if I come out after the fact and say, Oh no, I was hacked. Maybe they won't believe me. So I got in front of it. That's a, that's a very, <clears throat> that's a smart move. I'm amazed. It, it was, you know, you, you had to recover these things. I mean, email yeah. as well. You had to, you know, contact whoever your email server is. And mm -hmm. um, boy, that's got to be just frightening that you've lost complete control of your accounts. And, and they, and that person or people could say anything they want. And then about four or five months after that, uh, my, uh, I, I think it was probably the same person, or at least it was connected to it. Someone opened up a bank account with my social security number. So I, I think that they, they took all my information. Like I, I was probably the victim of a data breach, you know, some, some service I've used that had all my info because I did get a notification at some point about my stuff being on the dark web. And, you know, I, I guess by the time I, I realized I, I needed to change all my passwords, it was too late. And, uh, and so this stuff was out there. So yeah, it was a whole mess. This was like 2018, I think was, wow. when, uh, was when first it was the email and the Twitter and then, and then they got control of my accounts as well. Big one o'clock hour coming up here on Dono and Frito. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Setting up the defense for Derek Jeter's dating diamond in left field, Mariah Carey. The center fielder, Jessica Alba. And right field, Jessica Beal. In the infield at shortstop, Scarlett Johansson. At third base, Vanessa Manillo. I think I said that wrong. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Slam Radio is more than just a radio station. 
with a family. It's so nice to know that you have a place where you can feel safe, where you can feel comfortable sharing your opinions and not be judged for what you feel like is right or is wrong. I'm very grateful that I've gotten this opportunity to be a part of something big, something historical. It taught me that not only that I matter, but that I have a voice. And the mentors we have here, like Frank the Tank and Amigo, make you love this amazing program even more. There are very few words that can describe Sam Radio. One word that definitely comes to mind is familia, family. We've been offered so many unique opportunities to be a part of something great. I will always be grateful to Sam Radio and everybody a part of Sam Radio. We are a family. They are my family and they will always continue to be my family and I will forever be thankful and I know they got my back just like I got theirs. I love being part of Slam Radio. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show and you're listening to Slam Radio. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I gotta tell you, one of the big things I'm hoping we can work past after all this mess of 2020. Hopefully, 2021 brings better times with you know no pandemic or at least slowing down pandemic, and you could do more things in person. I'm getting really tired of zooming everybody. Now, ironically enough, we're we're using Zoom now to connect on the show, and as much as I love seeing Frito's face and and working with legends like Brianna and Frank the Tank back in the studio and and Larry the Amigo. I, I, Frito, I'm getting tired of Zooming everybody. Like, I'd love to just be able to, to go to a workplace in person, to go to actual in-person meetings. To, I, I'm getting tired of this video technology, this video conferencing. I'm guessing, Frito, like me, you've been using Zoom a lot lately. You, you even have a Zoom story, if I'm not mistaken. I do. <clears throat> um, years ago, when I was a, a, young, you know, a teenager, I went to overnight camp. I, I grew, up, grew up outside of Chicago. And I went to day camp when I was younger. I went to overnight camp when I was 12, 13, and 16. It was uh, about an eight-hour drive away. Uh, It was an eight-week camp, so we were there for eight weeks. And I I kept in touch with a couple of people here and there, uh, but not many people. And um, the last year, by the way, when we were 16, it was great. There was... It was a cabin called Cabin 14, and we had no counselor, none whatsoever. We could do whatever we wow. wanted, whatever we wanted. We had complete autonomy. Um, <laughs> one of the privileges of, uh, and you could go on camping trips, sign up for camping trips, all the campers could, but we went on a 10-day trip, a 10-day canoe trip through uh, Canada. Wow. And um, oh, it was great, but the, the deal was when we were gone for 10 days, the, the, the camp would, the rest of the camp would play a joke on Cabin 14. We came back to, and this is a long cabin, uh, there were 12 of us in there to a foot and a half of sand throughout the cabin that we had to clear out. Oh my God. That's a lot of sand. <laughs> That's a lot. Jeez. And by the way, I'll tell you a quick story and then I'll get to the zoom part of it. Huh. We were, we were very tight, the 12 of us. And by the way, if you ask me to name the 12 of us, I couldn't right now. That's that. That's a long time ago. That's how tight you were, huh? <laughs> yeah. But if anybody played a joke on us, we you know we were unified, but we played jokes upon each other. And I was then, and still am now, terrified of spiders. I mean, the t- a spider the size of my pinky fingernail gets me. I'm <laughs> terrified. My wife. <laughs> and I let that secret out of the bag. That was oh, a no. big mistake. Again, oh. one spider freaks me out. Oh. About three nights later or so, I got awakened. 
and there were like 11 guys around my bed, my bunk, and they'd collected spiders for three days, and they oh. threw them on me. Oh, my oh. God. I'm amazed oh. I'm here this day that I didn't have a heart attack then. It's just, oh, my God, that was awful. But this this camp, they someone, you know, we there's been a Facebook page about this camp, which has really? you know, been out of bids. It's been gone for years. Oh, that's too bad. But there's a Facebook page, and someone decided to organize a reunion. So we're having this Friday, tomorrow, a Zoom reunion, if you will. Thus far, a little over 50 people have signed up. One guy who I'm in touch with on Facebook anyway, um, he's, he's only only one of my cabin mates over the three years that's on it. I hope other people mm. sign up. But I'm going to see people that, you know, I haven't seen in, in years, in 40-plus years. So it's going to be pretty wow. cool to see these people and what they look like. And one of the guys helping organize that I got a, uh, uh, you know, you RSVP'd online. And I and I got a um, uh, an email from this guy's secretary. Just <clears throat> she's <clears throat> excuse me. She's organized, helping to organize, or he's helping to organize this, and she's doing the scut work. Now this guy was, you know, when I was a camper, I didn't know him. I knew of him, and he was a counselor, and just you know, like anybody in the in the middle of summer, unshaven and kind of a grungy guy. Mm-hmm. And I later found out that this guy's last name was Pritzker. Now, if you don't know the Pritzkers, they I don't know if they still do, but they own Hyatt hotels. Oh, among no, other I things. did not know that. And that family is unbelievably wealthy. And he was, he, his family was incredibly wealthy then. Right now, he's out of San Francisco, this guy named John. And I looked up online, and he's where John's part of this. He's a big part of this, putting this together. And he's going to be part of this thing. And he's worth about $2.5 billion. Oh, my Lord. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, so, you, you should have stayed tighter with him over the years. That's right. Although you do, although you do have the one friend who got you the World Series tickets, which yeah. is a great friend to have. If you could have been closer to this, how, how do you say it, Pritzner? If you Pritzker. Could have, Pritzker. If you could have stayed closer to this Pritzker fella, you'd be living. You'd probably be living like in, in a suite at a Hyatt somewhere right now. That's right. So that's going to be it. But it'll be cool to see some people that, uh, you know, the, of the 50-some people, that three of them are, are Freedmen's. Two of my brothers and I are, are part of this. So okay. Be, so... That'll be pretty cool this Friday to see people like, oh, my, I don't know how it's going to work with 50 plus people. I mean, well, that's the other weird thing. And it's and it's like, again, not not, not to rain on, rain on your parade or anything, because it sounds like a very cool thing. And I can tell you're excited about it. But the at the end of the day, it's it's a freaking Zoom con. Like, how how fun is that really good? Like, you're going to be on a split screen with like 50 people. You're all going to be talking over each other. Like, what are you going to talk? Like, how long is know. this thing going? What are you going to talk know. about? And, you know, but it'll be cool to see people, you know, you see yeah. their names there and see oh, yes. what they look like. And, you know, you're going to be shot. Some people want a pair or some people this or that. Uh, and <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll be fun to see. It's just, uh, you know, what, what people look like and, and what, you know, what they're doing. So I don't know. It sounds like a nightmare to me. It's going to look like the opening credits of the Brady Bunch with like all the split screen and all the faces. It's like, ah, you can see to me now, if you, and I know you can't do it now for obvious reasons with what's happening in the world, but if someday if you can have the actual reunion where you get together somewhere, you get like maybe like a dining hall or like a big restaurant and you're all drinking beers and telling stories, you know, drink, drinking whiskey in your case. Uh, you know, I, I think that to me sounds like a good time. Like that sounds like a good time. Cause like the best thing about like a, like a high school reunion or something, it's always super awkward when you get there, but then four or five drinks in, you're having the time of your life. It's like you're back in high school. 
Well, they, they, they used to have, you know, again, this is probably in 20 some years at least, but they used to, again, they, they, we were all from, most of the people were from outside of Chicago. This camp was in Northern Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And they used to have a, a reunion in Chicago every year, downtown Chicago. They'd find some place, and, and, and that was a lot of fun to do. And speaking of reunions, the last month in July was supposed to be my 40th high school reunion. Obviously, oh. for obvious reasons, it got canceled. But for months, for almost a year, I mean, it had been planned, and the date and everything, July 11th, I think, or something like that. And I was planning to go to Chicago for the weekend. And um, obviously, that, uh, that got canceled. I, so certainly this year, I don't know if it's going to happen next year or now. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. <clears throat> I love my reunions. I went to my 10th. I went to my 20th. I went to my 30th. Um, and it would have been a lot of fun to see uh, a lot of people. One of the weirdest things that I ever came across, Frito, was about – Two years ago, okay, I'm in uh, I'm in Orlando with my wife. Now, my uh, my my son had been born, but he wasn't with us. It was just a parents only trip. Like he was like six months old. He was with my parents, and we were at uh, there's like a big like shopping area, restaurant area on International Drive. I can't remember what it's called, but there's like a ton of restaurants there, bars, and all that. And we were like out there having dinner, but it was like an hour wait for whatever restaurant we were going into. And the weirdest thing is, keep in mind, this is Orlando. I look at the restaurant across the way, and they were having the Miami Springs Elementary School reunion from the class of 1965. So many weird things about it, because who has elementary school reunions, number one? And uh, and you're having it in Orlando when it's Miami Springs yeah, why? Elementary. Why would you have it in Orlando? They, I, they, it was, it was all people who had moved to Orlando. I guess there was a big portion of the class. I went over to this restaurant. I had a couple of drinks with these people. We had a great time. I mean, they were all like older, middle age, whatever, uh, you know, probably, I don't know, like in their, in their fifties, I guess. Uh, and, and I, I was like 33 at the time I go over there and I'm like, I'm from Miami. You guys are from Miami. We, we had some drinks. It was the craziest thing. Elementary school reunion for a Miami school in Orlando. And these people were down. Like I was only drinking with them Frito for like an hour. Cause our dinner, our dinner time came up at the, at uh, the yard house across the way. Oh, okay. So the, the, these people were probably blasted. Cause this was like from seven to eight o'clock that I was with these people. Right. I think they were still partying like, you know, 1030 when we finished dinner and they were going, they, they were probably so blasted by that point. See, I was the opposite. The last time we had our 30th reunion in Highland Park, north of Chicago, there's this huge like burger place. It's burger, hot dogs, everything. It's tons of things like that. It's, it's big. It holds, I mean, a ton of people. It's enormous and great food. It sounds like, oh, you know, it sounds like, oh, pedestrian place, but it's terrific. I'm, when I go to Chicago, I make a point of going there every time to go have a to eat at this place and that's where they had our reunion and we rented out the place for four hours you could eat whatever you wanted and the food's phenomenal there i had half a hot dog i just i was so busy talking wow. i didn't eat anything like there i was just too busy and I, i'm sure there was liquor i didn't have any i was just too busy catching up with people yeah 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 so uh something is um I, i'm monitoring the uh the heat pacers game too is getting underway we also have Rockets Thunder, Magic Bucks game two, Magic pulled off the shocker in game one, then Trailblazers, they have a a one game to none lead against the Lakers, that's going to be the later game tonight at nine o'clock. How have you felt so far, Frito, about these bubble sports? If you've been watching some NBA, I I get kind of tripped out by the virtual boards of fans. Like, I I think the NBA is doing a fantastic job. Uh, I've enjoyed the basketball. I think it's very interesting this year, because you don't have home court advantage. So, 
you know, having having the home court in the best of seven series doesn't mean anything this year. So it it's an interesting wrinkle. But like, do, do you feel like you're watching basketball? Like, how much do you miss the arenas full of people when you're watching this? Oh, of course you do. Of course you miss the arenas. And, you know, you watch baseball and there are empty stands and all that. You hear the, the crowd noise being pumped in is actually, I think over time people have done that. The producers have done that a, a, a little bit better than they did even a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But I'll give credit to the NBA, NHL, the bubble sports. I mean, the NBA, the NBA just came out with, and I don't know if this addresses what you were saying, they're, they haven't tested positive for COVID in a month. Yep. Nobody in a month awesome. has tested positive. Um, yeah, it's, you know, of course it's weird, and there are no fans. You know, you you as a, even as an observer at home, you live off those fans. I mean, guy makes a big shot, and you know the fans go crazy and they stand up, or guys, you know, at the free throw line from the other team, and fans are waving and all that. Yeah, you miss that. You feed off the energy, and but. It's just the way the way it is right now. Now, one of the byproducts of having no fans in the stands, I don't know if you saw this the other day, Don Mattingly of the Marlins went out and argued balls and strikes and just dropping one. And I don't know if I didn't see the broadcast live, but I've since seen it online, dropping one F-bomb after another. And you, boy, you could hear it clear as day because there's no fan noise to drown him out. That is funny. And it's funny. That's why it's I think they're going to – I've heard they're going to broadcast – the NFL, on a, they were thinking about it. I don't know if it's official yet, on a tape delay because of that very thing. You know, you yeah. figure, but, um, but you know, yeah, it's it's weird. And as you say, they, they play the paces, right? They're four, seeds four and five. It doesn't doesn't make a difference. There's no, yeah. doesn't matter if you're eight or one. I mean, obviously one is supposed to beat eight. It, you know, it did happen in the Lakers thing, but, um, but it's not like, oh, one has this enormous home court advantage. No, there's, you're playing in a bubble. Nobody's yeah, there. When you talk about the language, it's funny because um, so so ESPN uh, you know, has a deal with like some of the like the foreign European soccer leagues where they'll put the games on. And there have been a couple times where I'm watching an Italian soccer game on on ESPN and I, I can understand. I know a lot of naughty words in Italian, Frito. And so I, I can understand some of the, you know, no, no fans, no crowd, no, not even pumping in crowd noise. I hear some of the coaches and players cursing at each other and I'm thinking, wow, like the, the producers clearly have no idea. Cause if this were in English, cause, cause they do have like ESPN does have uh, tape delay. Cause I noticed in the MLS's back tournament, they were like, uh, you know how they do that thing where they, they just, the sound disappears when clearly somebody's curt, like all of a sudden right. the sound goes out and they're doing that because somebody's cursing and they had it on delay they're not doing it for these, you know, foreign soccer games because they they don't they don't understand the curse words that are being said uh, in other languages. Clearly, let me ask you this because uh, I mean I'm tired of schooling you on soccer and telling and just teaching you about the game. <laughs> but uh, no, but all kidding aside, um, when you, you and you, and I see you tweet out, you watch a ton of soccer of the biggest stadiums that would be that are being played in right now. How many people would they hold? How many, when you see empty stadiums, how many people are missing from the biggest stadiums? I mean, we're talking 80,000. Are we talking up to about 80, up, up, up to about like 85, 88,000. Wow. It's not like, uh, yeah, they, they don't, I, I think the only places where they still have stadiums that sit like a hundred thousand plus are like in, in South America, like in Mexico, M- most of the European stadiums have been modernized enough where to, to cram in a hundred thousand people, like there's no way to do that comfortably. Right. So stadiums in Europe range anywhere from 
45, 50,000 for the newest stadiums. Cause like you notice the newer the stadiums are, the better the amenities are, the higher the ticket prices are, the fewer seats there are because people are more comfortable. And then some of the older stadiums maybe fit 80 to 85,000 people. And so, yeah, you're, you're missing up to that many fans. Like you're missing anywhere between 50K to, to like 85K for a lot of these games. And it makes a huge difference because soccer fans don't shut up for an entire game. Now, they, they tend to be a little bit more organized than fans of like American sports because they're usually chanting and singing and then they're whistling. If some like it's like choreography that they do during games, and you miss that a lot. You know, I I, now I don't know how many people the horseshoe holds. You know, the Ohio State Buckeyes. So, I all... think it's like a hundred. I, I I'm not sure about the horseshoe. The big house in Michigan is over a hundred thousand. Right, and I've been there, and it's, wow. it's now I was there before they expanded. I think when I was there, I was there with my father in the late '80s, and it probably was ninety some thousand. Or so it's still enormous. Hmm. Have you ever been there? It's it's no, I've never been there. Cool. Never been to Michigan. You, you, you walk there, and maybe, if memory serves, about 20 rows are above you, you know, from the outside, and you walk in, and the stadium's in a hole. Most of the, most of the crowd is below. It's dug in a hole. It's below mm. you. And, yeah, wow. now it holds 100,000. Now, the Big Ten has canceled its college football season. Right. But, you know, if, if they hadn't, just can you imagine seeing Ohio State and Michigan or Alabama playing at home against Auburn, whatever, Yep. Complete silence. I mean, that would be just so it's one thing that, Oh, the heat's not playing in the triple a and you're not seeing the 19,000 fans or whatever, whatever the case may be. But when you're talking playing in the big house and you're, and you're not seeing a hundred thousand people, boy, that would be weird. That's wild. Just, just by the, by the way, when we come back, I want to throw at you a couple of strange unwritten rules. We'll get to that here on the Dono and Frito show, Sirius XM channel, one forty five slam radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much. I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, it, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. 
I'm done. Tonga Vailoa. Tua nigga Manuala Pola. Tonga Vailoa. Tua nigga Manuala Pola. Tonga Vailoa. Tua nigga Manuala Pola. Tonga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell him? You tell him, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you gotta take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs, in order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, que rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is Aaron Donald. Listen to Slam Radio. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with the Donald and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. You know, I live and die with the Miami Heat, and they are underway. Game two, Heat have the one nothing series lead. Heat and Pacers in their best of seven opening round series. Duncan freaking Robinson, Frito. Dunk. We're not even three minutes into this basketball game yet. The Heat are, are now up 13-6. to six. They had jumped out to a, a very quick 12-3 to three lead, and Duncan Robinson in a 30-second span had hit three three-pointers. I mean, he has been sensational all year long but really especially in the bubble like he's been one of those bubble superstars where guys like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero for the Heat you know TJ Warren for Indiana played really well during the bubble mm -hmm. times um Dame Lillard who's a remarkable player to begin with but he was especially great in the bubble like you see I don't know if it's certain guys may be thriving when you don't have like the hostile or loud fans in the in the arenas but Duncan has just been one of those guys who has been unguardable because whether you guard him or not he's going to hit the three-pointer the guy's been impossible to defend i just wonder if you can draw if you can connect the dots uh draw a direct line and say all right we're in a bubble so this person's playing well i don't know i think they're maybe just they're showing who they are which are you know, great great player great finds i mean tyler hero yeah what was he? he was drafted in what the mid-teens maybe how many people were drafted uh, yeah. before him you know i mean and you you this is to the scouting department and all that and the development the coaching and all that how these guys are doing Duncan Robinson, great find and all that. And, uh, you know, it's 
it's got to be fun when you're like a basketball, whether you're in the bubble or not. And not everybody has these games. He scored, I think, nine points in 90 seconds. Um, when you get hot like that, you know, like in basketball, like that basket looks like it's about 10 feet wide and you can't miss it. And one of the things I studied over the years was confidence in players. And to have that confidence, I mean, like if you're on a hot streak, like Duncan Robinson is this game, you must think every shot's going to go in. And if you're yeah. his teammate, just keep beating the beast. Just keep beating yep. the ball and let's see what he can do, you know, and just – I tell you, when, when they believe that, when they're hot like that, that's just fun to see when you feel like this guy can't be stopped. It's like being on a heater in blackjack, right? Where you, where you keep you, you keep hitting 21 like every hand or the dealer keeps busting. And you're just, man, you, you have to keep I, going for it every time. I remember, you know, I don't, I haven't played blackjack in like three years. I used to play all the time. I used to go to Vegas all the time. Nice. Um, and I'm, I'm not pretending like I won. I've probably been there a dozen times. I think I walked out of there with money in my pocket once. Yeah, v- um, very, very few people do much better than that. Like, it, like for anyone who's taken like 12 trips, if you've done better than like maybe three or four trips walking away with money, then you're like in the upper 1% of that. Well, I, th- I think they're renaming Las Vegas Boulevard Frito Boulevard because that's how it should be. <laughs> uh, but – you know, I can remember going to the Hard Rock Cafe down here, um, Hard Rock, you know, Hard, Hard Rock Casino, excuse me. And by the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to segue back here just for a second to the sure. Sopranos. They uh-huh. obviously hired them to be there, but most of the, the big names in the cast, James Gandolfini and Sharippa and Michael Imperioli, a whole bunch of like 10 people from the Sopranos were hired by the Hard Rock. They came down there, they walked through the, the, the Hard Rock, you know, it was red carpet and there were they were separated from their fans and all that and went to a private room. And that's where they watched the finale, the last oh, episode. They were down wow. there on the hard rock for an appearance and they watched it there. But, you know, I was there once and I said, I, I started getting hot in blackjack. And I, and after a while I was thinking how many hands I've won in a row or haven't lost. Maybe I tied. Right. And, and, and I think I was sitting at the table with one other person and someone would come up and I actually asked them, I couldn't stop them. But I politely asked him, I said, look, I haven't lost an X number of pants. Can you just sit out until I lose? Yeah, like, sure. that's a good way to go. came to the table, and I asked the same thing. And, you know, unless you're a complete jerk, if you're a gambler, and I'm not this big-time gambler, but if you are, you're going to respect that. And if a guy yes. says, look, I haven't lost in 12 hands, you know, could you just sit out until I do? I'm always going to say yes. Of course I am. If you ask nicely, absolutely, you're going to respect that. Respect the – and, and I think I went like 22 or 23 hands without losing. That's amazing. You know, which is a, that's like when you <laughs> that's go on a, a long street and you hit every <laughs> green light. You just never hit a red one. Now, I'm going to bring this full circle with the unwritten rules conversation because I can say that maybe I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because I do respect the unwritten rules of blackjack. Because, Frito, I get upset when people don't play by the book. Because you could be you could be screwing up the table for me. If you're sitting at my table and you're the type of guy who when the dealer is showing 10 and you've got a 16 and you stay, I might throw hands with you. Like it, I, I get really, really upset when you're either sitting with someone who's either a novice and they don't know what they're doing or some kind of a maverick who knows what they're supposed to do and they, they split just don't tens. care. Yes, thank you. The, the 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 ten splitter. It makes you want to strangle that person. And I'm not going to say I've never been tempted to split hands because there are times when I'm down a lot of money and I may be chasing. And so well, you're saying when you should you know, split hands. There are times when you should never tens. Never. No, that's what I'm saying. But I I'm saying I've been tempted 
to split ten. I've never done it, but there are times when I've been tempted because if I'm way down and I'm chasing, but I've never actually done it. For, but you don't, don't don't give me that look of shame when I'm telling you I've never done it. I've only been tempted to do it. Well, I I've yelled at people. Like, you know, what are you doing? Or if someone, if the if the third person on third base, the last place before the dealer, yeah. takes a card that they shouldn't have, and that would have put the dealer over 21. Everybody right. else would have won at the table. Oh, then you get, imagine. like, I've actually literally taken my chips and, and gotten up and, and, and left. You know, if yeah, I don't blame you. I, so, I don't blame you. So, but, but I, I, I get people. Yeah. But I, I can take this back to the unwritten rules thing sure. with, with Fernando Tatis Jr. So I'll throw to you, Frito. I, I do have a list in front of me uh, from Bleacher Report of top 20 silly, stupidest unwritten rules in sports, they say. A lot of these are baseball-related, but l- let me give you a soccer-related one first. Um, so one, one thing, Frito, that's very common in soccer that you don't really see in other sports are, and you've probably heard of this before, players going out on loan, right? So you may have a player who is actually the property of Club A, but Club A loans him out to Club B. So technically, he still belongs to Club A, but Club B possesses him temporarily. He's playing for Club B. So let's say Club A is playing in a head-to-head game with Club B, okay? So Club well, they A... They want a player to play against them? They, they let them, yeah. A player, a player you own can play against you. But, but he, be, be, because Because he technically, uh, it's within the rules. You've loaned him out to Club B, uh, he, he is not club B is playing is paying his salary so even though you own his rights club B is playing his salary and he is allowed to play against you well, what if he, if he scores a game-winning goal or you know I mean well and, and here's the thing I'm getting to it okay so so here's what I'm getting to so yes it, it is a weird quirk and actually I think there might be a couple of leagues that don't allow it that, that there are actually a couple of leagues that do not allow a player owned by one club to play against that club so so what you say it, it is a weird thing but, but here's the unwritten rule I'm getting to, because a lot of leagues do allow a player who's owned by one club to play against that club if he's on loan to the other club. Uh, you score, that, that player scores a goal. He scores the game-winning goal against the club that technically owns his rights, even though he's got the other uniform on and the other club is paying his salary for that year. A big unwritten rule in soccer is you're not supposed to celebrate a goal you score against the well, you, were, you were breaking up so, there. So if you're if it's a club you're, B and again you're not so, 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 what? so, broke so up. yeah so so if you score so if you're owned by club A and you score a goal against club A you're it's an unwritten rule you're not supposed to celebrate that goal that you scored e- even though you're playing for the other team you're wearing the jersey of the other team and you just helped your team potentially win you are not supposed to celebrate the goal against the club that owns you and I mean, I've seen some situations, though, Frito, where it's a big match, it's a big game-winning goal. And actually beyond that, it, go, it goes beyond being owned by that club. Th- there's an even a further written rule in soccer, which I think is kind of ridiculous. You're not supposed to celebrate a goal you score against a former club, e- e- even if they don't own you anymore. Let's say, you, like the, this happened with Cristiano Ronaldo, used to play for Real Madrid, plays for Juventus. Uh, he scores a goal for Juventus against Real Madrid. He celebrated anyway, and that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because you're not supposed to. It's like etiquette. You're not supposed to celebrate against a former club. I kind of find that rule to be ridiculous because if they don't own your rights and you score a goal and you se- – I think you should be allowed to celebrate in that spot. Well, look, if I'm a member of Club A and I get loaned out to Club B and I score the game-winning goal against Club A, I don't want to celebrate because I got to go back to – more than likely, and, and I, I'm, you tell me if I'm wrong – 
I'm going back to Club A. I got to be in the same locker room as those guys. I'm not yeah. going to, you know, same plane flights, et cetera. I don't want to, you know, tick off my former teammates, or which are going to be maybe my current teammates once mm-hmm. again. The rule that you're not supposed to celebrate against a club that you're no longer part of, that you're completely yeah, disassociated from, that's that's crazy. That's just insane. You're, you're They're not paying your salary anymore. Right. You're not part of them. You're not being loaned out. You're you're with your new club. I just, I just find this whole thing strange. And again, I don't know a lot about it. I'm sort of embarrassed I don't. I mean, I've heard about this, mm-hmm. but I don't know the details. I can't imagine... The, you know, the Yankees saying, oh, yeah, Red Sox, here, here you go. Here's, you know, Aaron Judge or whomever, you know, the case may be. I can't imagine clubs within the same division loaning to one another. Some some clubs won't even trade with anybody right, within right, their division, right. let alone loan anybody. Well, but here's uh, – and usually, yeah, usually you wouldn't typically loan a player to, like, a real true direct rival, but it could be somebody in your league, okay? So, yeah, there, there are two reasons why the loans can happen. Reason number one would be maybe it's a younger player that you don't have a lot of time to play because you can only make three subs in a game in soccer. So maybe you think, I can loan him out to another club. He can play, get more experience. Then he comes back here more experience. That's one. The other reason would be – you want to actually sell him to that team. They can't pay for it all up front. So you loan him for a year and then maybe they buy him out right after that. That's a whole different thing. But here, here are some of the other uh, unwritten rules, according to this Bleacher Report list of the 20 stupidest unwritten rules in sports. And a few of these, Frito, I'll skip over because there's stuff we've already talked about in baseball. Okay, I'm, here so obvious. I'm just going off camera for a second. Go ahead. Oh, no worries. Number 17. Uh, and and I, honestly, I think this might be a written rule, not an unwritten rule, but they say players can't date cheerleaders from their team. I, I think, honestly, Frito, I think that, like, if I'm thinking NFL, I think that that actually might not be allowed, at least for the – It maybe isn't allowed. It isn't allowed, at least yeah. especially from the cheerleader side. Like, maybe maybe the player could get away with it, right? Because, like, if, Pat, if Patrick Mahomes decides to date a cheerleader, are you really going to punish Pat Mahomes? No, you're probably going to punish the cheerleader for dating Pat Mahomes. No, I don't think that's allowed about Eric Spolster's wife. She used to be, I believe she used to be a heat dancer. I don't she know was, yeah. if they started dating, if uh, if they if she stopped right away. But yeah, their rules, you know, I, I think put in by the cheerleading squad, don't date players. Now, uh, number fifteen, they say you can't tell a teammate he sucks. <laughs> oh God, no! You're you you yeah. have players inside locker yeah, rooms. I don't care what sport they're yeah. getting in a guy's grill. If he makes a stupid play or something like that, yeah, he's gonna he, look. Some people in in any form of life, whether you're talking about an office or a team some players you have to kick in the ass some players or people you just have to you know give them a hug and a pat on the back every team has leaders if you will and if they think some guy needs a kick in the butt to get going guess what they're going to get right up in his grill mm-hmm. and, and and try to motivate him that way so i don't like that at all number 14 this is a baseball specific one no attempting to distract opposing fielders while they are fielding yeah, that seems like a common courtesy, right? Like, no, like when they're trying to field the ball, look over there. Oh my God. What is that? Um, no, you know, I've seen that. I think Alex Rodriguez yeah. did that or something like that. I'm, I'm trying, this was years ago. Um, I don't, I don't agree with that. They're trying to distract somebody. You're trying to fool somebody. No, you're trying to get in their way. And how many times, well, tell me if this is along the same lines, um, you know, where you'll have a guy, you know, like an outfielder, maybe he doesn't see the ball, but he's pretending that he sees he's got a line on it. It's coming right into his mitt. Yeah. He doesn't see it. Well, it slows the base runners down and maybe just enough so they can't take the extra base. That's a good call. I like that. That's good gamesmanship. I like that. Yeah. Okay, so n- Frank just sent th- us a message. What, Nikki? 
uh, Spolster's wife taught a slam. Is that right? Is that, she uh, did. What? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so she was actually the dance instructor at Slam before she ended up getting pregnant. So she was here for a couple years oh, after she was a heat dancer. Okay, That's cool. That's really cool. Uh, number 13, I don't have a whole lot to say about this one, but I think it's true, Frito. You have to be well-dressed for your draft. I mean, yeah, listen, it's one of the biggest moments of your life. And you're on, you know, and it's more high-profile depending on the league. NFL draft and, and NBA draft are incredibly high-profile Maybe you actually sit and watch the Major League Baseball draft. I don't, but, I but do when not. I, I don't know these guys. I mean, I don't know yeah, but but you know, but when, when when you're live on TV, one of the big moments of your life. Yeah, you should be. Well, like you're not going to wear a t-shirt and shorts. You're probably going to wear some kind of a suit. And guess what? You're probably not going to have to pay for that suit because some company will want you dressed in their gear to advertise it. So take advantage of it. The lone exception, I agree with you 100. Sometimes you see players that are a little bit, you know, dressed a little funny coming out of college and all that, but. If a guy doesn't go to New York and he's at home with his agent, you know, and the friends and family, he's not in a suit. He's in regular street clothes. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I think even when you're at home, like, may, if not a suit, like, wear something kind of nice. Like, like wear something. You say, okay, he took time into picking that outfit, right? All right, so I want to get through a couple more of these on oh, the sure. other side. One more segment to go. Dono and Frito with you here on Sirius XM Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Hold down. Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do why, all of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? He's not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? He's going to hang up on us. Just tell me, no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. He ate platanos. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. 
It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you gotta take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. By the way, Frito, before we get back to the unwritten rules, I wanted to bring this up. I saw this story this morning. I, I, I think it's it's kind of absurd. 47-year-old Oscar De La Hoya says he's seriously coming out of retirement to box again professionally, that he's been sparring for the last couple of months. Now, he he walked away pretty young. Like, he hasn't had a pro fight since he was, like, 33, 34 years old. So he didn't he didn't go as long as, you know, people like Mayweather or Bernard Hopkins who went into the well into their 40s. Uh, so he, he's been away from the game for a really, really long time, De La Hoya. It's like and, – and he was a – fine fighter in his time believe me a very entertaining fighter very polished very skilled but I just to me like the idea of a 47 year old who may be 48 by the time he actually fights again now expecting people to shell out 65 70 75 bucks for a pay-per-view like it's it's insulting to my intelligence and I hate that we're starting to see more and more of these gimmicks in combat sports where you had the Mayweather McGregor thing a couple of years ago. You ha you've had a guy like CM Punk, the pro wrestler fight in the UFC, but at least he wasn't headlining fights to be fair. So that wasn't as bad, but not now Oscar De La Hoya, who's been away from pro fighting for, for 15 years, wants to come back and expect me to pay surely an exorbitant pay-per-view price for what's probably going to be a joke of a fight. I don't care if you're a De La Hoya fan or not. I saw that. Why, why would anybody pay to see a 47 year old fight who's probably well, gonna get his ass kicked the sad the sad thing is people will and and frito honestly probably won't get his ass kicked because i'm sure they're gonna find him like a tailor-made well, opponent who, who who he's gonna pick which is gonna make it even more of a joke fine you find him a tomato can okay if got, and he's gonna <laughs> kick the guy's ass but i then you know it's just it's 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 not a fixed fight but it's one that's just 
you know, so favorable for him. You got a guy who can't fight at all. It'd be like putting me in the ring with him. Of course, he's gonna gonna kick yeah. my butt. I, I'm still not paying that kind of money. I and but whoever is promoting this or telling him to do this because there's nothing to promote just quite yet. There's no fight set up. Must think that there's you know money in there. There are enough saps out there. Or De La Hoya fans. To me, I that's just something I never would do. As much as I like the guy, you're long since retired. Maybe De La Hoya needs the money. I don't know, but. I don't know why people would how how many millions could this guy pocket, uh, you know, being forty seven uh, years old. I just, I mean, that's crazy. He's not getting my money. No, I mean, you, well, what ends good? What's going to? I I think people will buy it, which is a sad thing, but it's also going to be pirated a lot. So you know, <laughs> people are people are going to be searching for those illegal streams just to see what happens there. But I, I want to go back to some of these what Bleacher Report considers to be the stupidest unwritten rules in sports. Here's a baseball one that I completely agree with, Frito. So I don't, I don't universally hate all of the unwritten rules in baseball. To me, this one is common sense because I'm, I'm a superstitious guy, as you may know. Unwritten rule number 12, don't talk to pitchers during no hitters. I'm fine with that. If they're in their zone, like let them stay in their zone. And even more than, even more than not talking to the players, Frito, I'm so superstitious. I don't know where you fall on this one. I am a firm believer in the fan or the broadcaster's jinx. That, that it, it, if my guy has a no-hitter or a perfect game going, even as a fan or if I was broadcasting the game, I don't want to talk about it. I think it's poor etiquette. You just let them do his thing. A couple of points. Um, yeah, if I'm if, if, if like in the fifth inning you start noticing, oh, my God, he's got a no-hitter, I'm staying away from the, from the pitcher. And you'll see yep. – He's sitting in one side of the dugout, and he and his teammates are treating him like he's radioactive. The only exception, I think, would be two things. One, if you're the manager or the coach, maybe as he's getting deeper into a game and the pitch count's getting kind of high, well, you've got to look out for the club as well, mm-hmm. and you want to go over there and see how the guy's arm is going, you know, uh, and that or the catcher wants to talk to him. But that said, if I'm a position player or another pitcher, no, I'm not going anywhere near the guy. I'm treating him like he's radioactive. Yeah, I think I've told you this story before. Because, again, as, as the game starts to unfold and you see it's no-hitter, then everybody's staying away from him. I covered back in 2009 Roy Halladay's perfect game. Not just no-hitter, perfect game against the Marlins. And, you know, he, he threw a great game. Obviously, it's tremendous. One of those yeah, 20-some obviously. perfect games in Major League history. So, he had a press conference, a big press conference afterwards. And my question to him was, when did teammate – now, this was a night game, 7 o'clock game – and he was known to be a bit surly with his teammates. He just had that reputation, especially on game day. You didn't even talk to him before he was pitching. And so I said in the post-game press conference, when did your teammates stop talking to you? And without missing a beat, he said about 2 o'clock this afternoon. So, Oh, wow. So, so they, they, they didn't even five hours before the game, they already yeah. froze him out. Wow. But uh, Yeah, but and, and then the last thing was you mentioned, um, uh, oh, no, about broadcasters. I agree and I disagree. If you're a television broadcaster they can see that that they're you know when you're going to commercial break there are no hits or something that's a a great point but if you're a radio announcer (laughs) you owe it to your listeners who are driving around or whatever to let them know there's a no hitter there's no way around that i agree if if there was a no hitter and you were listening from the fifth inning on and you never heard once that it was a no hitter you'd get mad at the broadcaster for not informing you hey we got a no hitter going the radio announcer has to do that and has to do it often in my opinion yeah you I, I hadn't thought about radio i think you're exactly right about that um this one frito i think you and i both find this one interesting uh 
they're right that it's an unwritten rule in all sports, not just baseball, but I don't think it should be. So unwritten rule number 11, never talk about the money when signing a contract. So basically what they're saying is, Frito, you know how, you know, let's say quarterback signs a $170 million deal. Oh, it's a record at that time. I can't remember. What what was the deal that Pat Mahomes just signed? Whatever it was, I'm sure it was some kind of a record. I can't remember the numbers. But so he a quarterback signs a record deal. They get interviewed. And they always have to say, oh, no, no, this this isn't about the money. This is about continuing with my teammates. It's about being here for the fans. And then God forbid, because I'm sure it's happened before, God forbid the player does mention the money and how how important it is to get this record deal. Fans turn on that person, not me. Like, I, I, I don't have an issue with it because I... I because because people always get insulted. Oh, if I if I'm struggling to pay my bills and get by, how dare that pro athlete to haggle over a few extra million when I'm you know making you know a small fraction of that? To me, I, I still understand that you wanna you wanna be able to set yourself and your family up potentially for generations in the best possible way. So I do not fault someone for chasing the extra money if they can get it. But you understand where I'm coming from, Frito, that it is taboo. A lot of fans do not ever like hearing players talk about money. Yeah, but don't you want, and I'll tell you a story. I know I've told you this before, but maybe some fans haven't heard it. Don't you want players at the same time to admit that, you know, hey, this club, they gave me the best offer? Yeah. Is that so wrong? You yeah, know, yeah. they, they offer me more money than anybody else, so that's why I'm here. I'm That's why I'm donning their, their laundry, their uniform. And I, I've told you this before, but years ago, a, guy, a lefty pitcher named Mike Hampton signed a contract with, the Colorado Rockies, eight years, $121 million. I remember him, yeah. So at his press conference, Mike, why did you sign with the Rockies? Now, he could have just said, guys, look at the contract. They offered me more than anybody, okay? They blew me out of the water. He said, no, my wife and I were impressed with the school system here in Denver. That's why he signed. (laughs) The school system. (laughs) First of all, if you're living in any city, your kids go to private school. It's not like you can't afford it. They're going to be good anywhere you go. Just be honest. The oh, that is so. They offered me the most money. I'm so that, that's the way it is. That's, did, that's... did he say it with a wink and a grin? Or no, did he, I think did, he just said remember sincerely. But he he was he only you can Google wow. that excuse and still and wow. still find that out. Just say, look, they offered me uh the money. They they blew me out of the water. I was it's, it's close to Godfather, my favorite movie. They made me an offer I couldn't refuse. No, and I like something you said where you took the conversation a little bit further because sometimes player becomes a free agent you can either stay with the team you've been with like maybe the team you started your career with but and you and by all accounts you've done well there you seem happy there but they offer you a fraction of the money another team is offering you and you take the better money offer from the other team it's hard to spin that right because if you've been with the green bay packers and then the new york giants offer you three times the amount of money and you leave the packers for the giants don't insult my intelligence by saying that, oh, it's for it's because I like the school system. Like, at least tell me, like, no, listen, I was happy with the Packers, but they didn't come anywhere close to matching this offer. So I had to go and play for the Giants. I, I don't think people should be insulted by that. If someone's offering you millions more to do the exact same thing, more than likely, unless you're just independently wealthy or have signed a ton of contracts before, you're going to take that deal. Here's what, what they, Yeah, here's what they consider to be uh, un- unwritten rule number 10. And I think that this are this very much ties into what we were just talking about when it comes to free agency offers and stuff. But they say no signing with your rival if you were hated by the fan base there. 
Well, I, I, I can remember like jo- Johnny Damon left the Red Sox for the Yankees and, and Yankees fans got over it. Like we, we've seen this stuff happen before. I mean, as a fan, would I be unhappy? W- would I have been really unhappy? Let's say if Dan Marino had left the Dolphins and signed to the Jets. Yeah, I, I would have been pissed. But listen, I mean, such is life sometimes, Frito. Yeah, and look, I mean, I might boo a guy because he's playing for, for the arch rival. Let's say the Cubs, you know, he's playing for the Cardinals. That, to me, is the Cubs' arch rival right there. But guess what? If he signs with the Cubs, and that did happen, by the way, uh, a guy named John Lackey, a pitcher, uh, pitched for the, the Cardinals, and then the Cubs signed him in 2016 to a two-year deal. Guess what? He's now a member of the Cubs. Who's ever wearing that Cubs mm-hmm. jersey? Mm-hmm. That's who I'm rooting for. I might have hated him before in the opposing jersey, but I love him now because he's mine. I don't agree with that at all. I don't agree with that at all either. You're right about that. Okay. Rule number nine. I think we could probably agree. This is a, this is a fair unwritten rule. Stay away from teammates, wives. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get any argument from me on that there's, one. <laughs> there's nothing that can be gained. Nothing that can be, you're, you're right about that. And, and also like, not to mention if you're a wealthy professional athlete, there are a lot of fish in the sea. Like you, you, that's probably not your own. Like, it's not like it's your only option. Like, Oh, this is the only woman who will date me. It happens to be my teammate's wife. Nah, I doubt that's how it's working for you, fella. God, I can't remember the guy's name. I, I'll Google it after the show and I can, Frank can maybe, Frank, can you Google Yankees swapped wives? This was a, a guy named Mike Kekich and um, I've oh, heard Fritz this Peterson. story. I have heard Peterson. this story before. They were teammates and they swapped wives. You don't have to look it up, Frank. I got it. And they swapped wives and swapped families and wives and kids and dogs. So weird. Completely. Can you imagine telling your wife, Rebecca, yeah, I've traded you to Fred, okay? <laughs> You're now and and I'm taking Fred. Fred's wife. Like, That's oh right. Wife, and <laughs> one of them got divorced. And, I mean, of course, they got divorced. They got remarried. One of them got divorced within like a year. And the other, until the death of one of these pitchers, stayed married this whole time from that the 70s so until wild. now. But yeah, that's that, so they went with each other's wives with everybody's consent. Wow. So, okay, I, I feel like we might have talked about this one earlier, but I'm not sure if I got your thought on this one. Uh, number eight, you don't steal a base when down a bunch or up a bunch. Well, I'll tell you, Fernando Tatis hit the three-run homer, right? And he got a lot mm-hmm. of crap for that. Next day, they're up like six runs in the fourth inning. He steals a base. Just to say, uh, F you. Yep. By yep. the way, Peter uh, Frank Frank uh, tells us that P- Fritz Peterson stayed married all these years. I don't know if he passed away recently or what, but for like forty years, they that wow. happened in nineteen seventy three. But to tease the next game, steals a base wow. when he's up. You know what? I, I love that. Okay, th- th- this one I I also agree with, and this is not a baseball thing. This is any sport. Don't argue with fans, right? I mean, you saw what happened when Ron Artest violated that rule. It started the malice with the palace when he goes up there and starts throwing haymakers at a fan. Um, you you got to stay above it, Frito. Like, you may not know this about me, but when I was high school, college age, I was a big-time heckler. Like, I, I would actually go to a lot of Marlins games in those days when they were at Pro Players Stadium, now Hard Rock Stadium, even though I, I wasn't that big of a baseball fan couple buddies of mine would sit in the outfield and we would just heckle incessantly we were sitting I think in in right field so we were heckling the opposing right fielder we were even heckling the home team bullpen we heckled everybody and personally I never got a response from any of those players and I respected it because what are you gonna gonna waste your time 
times arguing with a fan like you're, you're gonna turn around on me like for what well, one time a buddy of mine said something so nasty the player looked at him then he looked at security and he told security to throw my friend out and he threw him out but that was the closest we ever got into a response well i know we got to go so i'll say it quickly one i'm not gonna argue with the fan because i don't want the fans to to, to let them know they can get to me yes if that, that's true. they get under my skin but two, like at Wrigley Field, they give a lot of crap to the opposing outfielders. But sometimes I've seen like during commercials where that outfielder will play catch with the fans in the stands and throw the ball back and forth. And That's guess cool. what? That opposing player all of a sudden owns the Cubs fans. They yep. love the guy because he's willing to engage in a very good way with them. And he's he now he's not the enemy. Now he's a really cool opponent. All right, so that's going to do it for us. By the way, I'm watching uh, Heat Pacers live. Heater up 36-33 midway through the second quarter. Excellent stuff by Frank the Tank and, and Brianna back in the studios. Of course, yeah, Larry the Amigo. Larry the Amigo for getting us on the air every thank week. You, Larry. Huge stuff. For Frito, I'm Dono. We'll talk to you guys next Thursday here on Sirius XM Slam Radio. See ya. The views and opinions expressed on the Dono and Frito Show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is SiriusXM 145 Slam Radio.